What number is this, Chip? Episode 102, a Zilch Halloween party. Ow! <laughs> okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. episode of Zilch, your podcast full of monkeys and monsters. <laughs> Today we're going to have a very spooky panel with some great monkey fans discussing their spookiest monkeys moments from all of the TV show. I am Kanakula, one of your hosts here today, and today I am joined by Christine Carlson Werewolf. Ow! Hello, Zilch Nation! <coughs> Ow! You know, for a monster, you sound kind of hoarse. You've been coughing a lot. As a matter of fact, you've been coughing too frequent. But I'm bum. Well, it is that time of year. It's also that time of year when. People go trick-or-treating, and we get to enjoy all the Monkeys Halloween episodes, the classic episodes. Which are the most scary Monkeys episodes for you? Oh, for me, the scary ones are the ones where Davy falls in love and gets the stars in his eyes. I know that's not what most people think of when they think of scary episodes, but the ones with the monsters are like watching old home movies. I love them. Yes, very much so. I agree. It's kind of like good times at the old castle. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, the monkeys were a really cool TV show and a really cool band. And sadly, I wish I could have auditioned for them, you know. Just think of all the money they would have saved on Dracula outfits if they would have just hired me, right? Right. Ah, ah, ah. Exactly. You know, the monkeys were not the only pop culture phenomenon. There were also the Munsters and the Adams Family. You know, those really neat people that we all love, our, our cousins. And it, right. monsters were everywhere. Everywhere. And there were creepy, crawly things like the spiders. And the Beatles. Remember the Beatles? I love the Beatles. Oh. The silver ones, the blue ones. The... Well, those Beatles, there was a guy by the name of Gene Moss in Fred Rice. And he put out an album called Dracula's Greatest Hits. And they did a song called I Want to Bite Your Hand. I'm going to play that right now because it shows how monsters were using pop culture back in the 60s. Are you ready? Let's drop Truly. that needle. Ow! Oh yeah, I'll tell you something you may not understand. But I'm a thirsty vampire. I want to bite your head. I want to bite your hand. I want to bite your hand. Oh, please, please don't scream. I know you think it's grand. When I fly in your window, just let me bite your hand. Just let me bite your hand. I want to bite your hand. I feel happy inside. It's so delicious that my thirst, I can't hide. I can't hide. I can't hide. Yeah, you, you 
got that something I think you understand That I feel that something I want to bite your hand I want to bite your hand Sure I want to bite your hand And when I bite you I feel happy Get inside It's so delicious That my thirst I can't hide I can't hide I can't hide Yeah, you You got that something I think you understand When I Feel that something I want to bite your hand I want to bite your hand Sure, I want to bite your hand I want to bite your hand sure. So that's a silly song And, you know, it's it's sad that the, the monkeys didn't get lampooned in the same way But, you know, I have an idea I'm going to play you a song Are you ready? Ready you can you can jump in if you want. You'll know the time. Are you ready? One, a two, a one, a two, three. Here we come, hunting down the street. We get the scariest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monsters, and people say we monster around, but we're too busy scaring to put anybody down. We go wherever we want to, hunt who we like to do. The only time the wolfman is restless is when there's a full moon. Hey, hey, we're the monsters, and people say we monster around. But we're too busy scaring to put anybody down. We're just trying to be scary. Come and watch us haunt and play. We're the monster generation, and we've got something to say. Ooh. Ooh. Anytime, or anywhere, just look over your shoulder. A monster might be standing there. Hey, hey, we're the monsters, and people say we monster around, but we're too busy scaring. To put anybody down. Ah, one time. Ha 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 ha. Two times. Ha 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 ha. Three times. Three. Ha 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 ha. Come here, I want to bite your neck. Why, are you thirsty? No, I just want to see if your neck breaks. Ha ha ha. Hey, hey, we're the monsters. People say we monster around, but we're too busy scaring to put anybody down. Ooh, we're the monsters. Yes, you know we're the monsters. Ow. So that's what it might have sounded like had the monsters of the day sung a song lampooning the monkeys. Well, if you live through that... Hopefully you'll live through everything. I know that was scary. Just hearing that once was very scary. Uh, (laughs) Gives me the heebie-jeebies. But now let's go down into the dungeon where we have gathered for you a wonderful panel of humans, monkey fans, to discuss the spookiest monkey moments in all of the monkeys TV show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Throw the switch. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's enough of the voices. Hi, I'm Melanie Mitchell, your TV girl and author of Monkey Magic, a book about a TV show about a band. I'm here in the Zilch Clubhouse with three friends to take on an assignment from the pod father himself, Ken Mills. Wahaha, and all that. Roll call. <laughs> Sarah Clark, Zilch host and better library leader. Hi, Sarah. 
I want to suck your margarita. Oh. <laughs> Save some for me. Roseanne Welch, TV writer, professor, and author of Why the Monkeys Matter, Teenagers Television and American Pop Culture. Hi, Roseanne. Hey, it's good to be here. It's good to be the Mickey Girl representative, though I think we have a couple other ones. <laughs> I swing all monkeys. <laughs> and welcoming to the Zilch Clubhouse for the very first time, we have Courtney Cronendold, writer, comedian, and co-host of the Pop Podcast. Courtney, I've heard you on Pop many times. Welcome to our clubhouse. Thank you. I'm just embarrassed. I can't believe we're all wearing the same outfit. I thought we had worked this out a month ahead of time, but it's good to be here. We're all wearing our Zilch t-shirts. <laughs> Ladies, here is our mission. The Podfather wants us to program a five-episode Monkeys Halloween Marathon. It's up to us to choose the five episodes that best embody the spirit of Halloween and figure out a program order that would keep the fans on the edge of their seats, or better yet, hiding behind the furniture. Ah! Here's how we're going to play it. Each of us will nominate episodes until we have a list of eight or so candidates. Then we'll narrow the list down to come up with an entertaining and appealing Halloween Five. Are you ready? Ready. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Sarah, you're up first. What's your first nomination for the Halloween Marathon and why? I got to get the obvious one out of the way first. We have to go with um, the the big man himself. And I'm not talking about Rosemary. I'm talking about um, <laughs> the devil and Peter Tork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is an excellent episode. Uh, I mean, one of the classics. This is a lot on a lot of people's best of the whole series lists and uh there is a reason because it's just so well acted and it's just genuinely scary mm-hmm. tell us i'm scared yeah the the thing that uh jumps out at me is the the romp to uh the song yes. salesman with the devils mm-hmm. even though they were pretty young ladies i mean there still was a a, a level of horror to that Mm-hmm. And and just Monty Landis, I mean, you can tell why they kept bringing back again and, and again and again and again, because he brings just such a nice level of malevolence to the piece. You know how musicians are here today, gone tomorrow? That's very true. I'm a musician and I'm here today myself. Well, then, look around. <laughs> Any other thoughts about the devil and Peter Tork before we move on? I was just going to say, um, when I went to see the screening, when they did the screening here in L.A., uh, that was one of the episodes that they showed. And there was like you could hear a pin drop at certain points in that episode. The whole movie theater was dead silent. And certainly during Mike's speech. Look, the power's inside you. Nobody can give it to you. Nobody can take it away. Now go play the harp. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, and then Mickey came out afterwards and explained the whole <laughs> thing about not being able to say on television and how they you know how they added that in because that was like a real that was a real thing at the time which is so funny you know yeah it's funny to us and that's crazy i was at the egyptian that night too oh were you yes it was fun cool thing and writer dave evans was there and we're gonna hit on a couple of his episodes later in this uh in this podcast i know oh Um, cool you guys are so lucky i living in la is not a bad thing but let me add let me add briefly, my contribution to Devil and Peter Tork is going to be, it was written by Robert Kaufman, who you may or may not know, also wrote the movie Love at First Bite, which was the George Ooh. Hamilton, Susan St. James vampire parody. Ah, yeah. well, now that's the a classic. great piece of information. <laughs> I remember Isn't that. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, Courtney, what's your first choice? Well, mine's pretty obvious. This is also one of my favorite all around monkey episodes because it's so funny, is I was a teenage monster. Mm-hmm. This episode is hilarious, and the jokes still stand up. I watched it recently, and I, it makes me laugh out loud. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> even though some of them are, like, hacky and ridiculous, it's just, uh, I mean, even the monster himself and all the old jokes, like, don't take that off. Why? Liz pants might fall down. You know, even something <laughs> as simple as that is making me laugh out loud. And, of course, Goo is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought this is a really good episode. Groot is funny, like the weird sort of Igor character. I live to grovel. And then, of course, Dick Keel as the monster. 
And, um, you know, it has all those stereotypes of the Frankenstein, you know, movies, but, you know, with all the silliness of slapstick comedy. And I thought the jokes were good. And there were a lot of breaking the fourth wall in this one. And early on for the monkeys, I think they didn't didn't really do that as much in the early, you know, first season. But uh, it was the first time I really think there was a couple times they break, you know, the fourth wall. And uh, that's one of my favorite parts. Avaricious ambitions. Where did you bring it? In the script. Are you sure? It's on page 28. Sarah? Yeah, uh, some of the jokes in here are just epic. Courtney hit a lot of what I was going to say. I do sometimes wonder if Mel Brooks may be pulled from this for, you know, some of his inspiration for young Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. Because they're, they're sort of coming from a similar spot, so. Mm-hmm. Roseanne? It's true, it's true. This one was written by Dave Evans, who I just mentioned, who was at The Egyptian with us last night. He's really a charming, wonderful man. And what I love about this episode is that, of course, it's a riff on Frankenstein, which was written by Mary Shelley, Mary Wollstonecraft Shelley, who was 21 when she wrote it. So I'm mm-hmm. imagining that she, had she lived 150 years later, would have been a Monkees fan. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I, I can see that. All I can say is that Richard Keel was this episode's highlight, saving grace. I said so in my book, that he combined the qualities of being both creepy and cuddly <laughs> he was the sweetest monster to ever wear granny glasses i would do this room in france provincial yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes the swinging android i love how that became his like <laughs> his stage name <laughs> okay so moving on it's roseanne's turn to nominate an episode It's my turn. I'm going to take it a slightly different way just for fun. And I'm going to choose as one of my favorites, the monkey's paw for Mm. a couple of reasons. Um, I'm going to choose it because it was written by Coslo Johnson, who I adore and who went on to win an Emmy laugh in. But my answer is going to be that it is the scariest episode because anytime Mickey loses his voice, it's scary indeed. He won't be able to sing tonight. He can't even say pencil. (laughs) (laughs) In my book, I said that um, the silencing of the monkey's most voluble member. Exactly. I'm very proud of that pun. (laughs) It's good. It's good. (laughs) And I like the fact that at the very end, we have the Hans Conrad outtake, where we find (laughs) that this lovely man who, well, at least I knew from Make Room for Daddy as the grandfather, the Lebanese grandfather, hates my monkeys. And that really... I know. He was so irritated with them. (laughs) But you guys got to admit, they were really being annoying. (laughs) (laughs) You hear James Frawley's voice in the background (laughs) saying, We got speed. Everybody's in position. Boys in position. Boys, you can be in position already. Already in position. (laughs) Right, you're in position. Yes. In position. Hello. 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 Oh, wait, that's monkey. I hate these kids. Yeah, this was sort of in their bouncing off the walls face toward the end. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's scary on both those levels. Well, sure. I love the episode because it has the curse, you know, the the curse that's building up. And, uh, yeah, they really played it well. I think it is one of the worst scenes in all of the entire, of all the monkey episodes. And really? I, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but the bunny okay. and a chicken scene. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Talk about nails on a chalkboard. Anytime that would come on, I'd be like, ah, like half the fact. It's a bunny and a chicken. It's a bunny and a chicken. It's not even funny. It is a bunny and a chicken. And there's so much funny stuff in that episode. You know, the whole thing with Mickey using his voice. I know, yes, it is very scary, but, you know, I can't say pencil crayon. I can say, like, all that was hysterical. And then bunny and a chicken. I'm just like, no, go away. Yeah, it was like that was recycled. Yeah, it, that was like recycled from another script or something. I don't know how that got in there. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's cute, and I know people who love that and quote that line, but it's just, <laughs> I'm I'm with you on this one. So. Yeah. Somewhere out there, Fred Velez's heart is breaking right now. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry, no. Fred. I, I do love joke. you, Fred. <laughs> oh, I've had a million jokes that have bombed. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, exactly. that actor who did that scene, the psychiatrist, was Severin Darden. Oh. And he also, oh, that's right. He also appeared in Monkey vs. Machine as the owner of the toy company. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yes, right. yes, that's, that's right. right. And he was hilarious in that episode. And strangely enough, they used the same set. The psychiatrist's office was also the, the office of the president of the toy company. It was the same set. Huh. 
Well, that's not so strange. Back in the day, they're working on a lot, and they only had so many places to recycle, and they were cheap. I mean, they were doing this thing as cheap as they could, which is so sad. I know. I love when they knock on their own door, and they're going somewhere else. (laughs) Like, that's their door! Well, actually, going back to I was a teenage monster. It, that was their door when they walked That's into the, the house. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. their yeah. that was their pad. You could just barely mm-hmm. see the spiral staircase on the right edge of the screen. <laughs> they it reflects the fact that sadly in earlier days of TV they didn't really respect the audiences and they didn't realize people would notice those. But of course they were never meant to be binged or watched on VHS on and a large TV screen. And- Reruns yeah, weren't even really a big thing then, so no. exactly. No, back, so nobody... back then, you were watching on a small set with uh, rabbit ears, or if if you were lucky, you had a roof antenna. Mm-hmm. Exactly, uh, you weren't <laughs> getting that high quality that works. Become used to. Okay, well, it's my turn, I think. Yay! And I'm I'm going to nominate the case of the missing monkey, and Yay. my reasoning Ooh. is expressed in two words: evil hospital. Yeah. (laughs) This is an episode that I know that I must have seen when I was a child. A lot of our listeners know that I discovered the monkeys um, only in the last few years, right after Davey died. And Mm -hmm. when I watched the DVDs, I occasionally came across an episode where I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And Case of the Missing Monkey was one of those. And I remember 50 years old being gripped with fear because, I mean, it's a hospital where evil people are doing evil things. Mm -hmm. And there's no sign of anybody actually taking care of anybody. He'll probably need the operating room. I don't think he'll need the recovery room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... Not so much for the bad guys as just the whole concept of an evil hospital. I'm nominating the case of the missing monkey. Yeah, this made my short list too for exactly that same reason. It's just, it's, it's one of the, a lot of the quote scary episodes are kind of played for laughs to an extent. Um, I was Teenage Monkey being an excellent example of that, but that one was genuinely creepy. I mean, it's probably the closest they got to like a genuine like take on a horror flick with you know possibly the exception of devil and peter tork in a different kind of way yeah there's the scene where they're actually preparing to do surgery on mickey who is yeah. awake yeah. who <laughs> is awake <laughs> yes <laughs> to me that episode there's just so many there's just so much b-roll from it for the for the opening sequence like that's oh, yeah. where it sticks with me i'm like oh that's from that episode that's from that episode that's from that episode. I don't, I don't know. I think it lost me a little bit because the plot kind of jumps around, kind of. It, uh, I don't know. Maybe I got a little lost in that one. Not like it's brain surgery. <laughs> oh, but I'm fine. <laughs> I see but I you do did feel there. like I get a little bit lost in it. But it's creepy. There's a creepiness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's funny because um, when you talk about a, a scary hospital and surgery and all that stuff, I remember Ken will be happy I can whip in some Batman. Um, I remember an episode where Robin was going to be operated on by the Riddler and my oh, mother turned that. off the television because him coming at the actor's head with the tools of surgery. My mother was like, oh, that's too violent. You can't watch that. And I was like, but it's Robin and he's going to be hurt. I have to watch. And yeah. I got to see the second half. <laughs> Will Robin escape? Can Batman find him in time? Is this the ghastly end of our dynamic duo? Answers tomorrow night, same time, same channel. One hint, the worst is yet to come. (laughs) Another thing that I was creeped out as a child was the equipment in the physical therapy room, most of which I didn't recognize mm. as being yeah. phys ed equipment. I mean, it was, it was antique even in 1966. The, the steam mm. cabinets, the, the rowing machine, the weights in the wall. Yeah. It just, I didn't understand what it was. All I yeah. knew was, was the bad guy who's wearing a lab coat is there <laughs> to do something to these people with it. I still yeah, don't understand Steve. Steve. I didn't get that either. I'm mm-hmm. like, let him out. Yeah. 
whatever that thing is, the sauna, not the steamer. Sorry, whatever. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, it was the a steam cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Because you're up to your neck with a you know, gasket around your neck to keep the steam on your body. And, and it, it, it kind of looked like a headless person almost. It, it melts the fat right away. Or the Doctor <laughs> Who episode where the fat just walks oh, yes. away. The adipose episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> of course, it also helps you get rid of your spare tire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is a great visual joke. Yeah. <laughs> Always funny. <laughs> okay, we're, we're back around to Sarah now. Okay, I think I have to go with a much lighter pick than my first one. You can't go much darker than Devil and Peter Torque. But my second pick, I would like to do The Monkeys Blow Their Minds with Oraculo. Look deeply. Deeply did my eyes. Performing all his mentalism and hypnotizing Peter. and And of course, his not so... Not so hinchy henchman, uh, Rudy Bayshore, who steals the show. But, you know, when you're <laughs> the director, you're allowed to steal the episode. Um, but uh, I just, I really enjoy this episode. It's funny. I, I honestly, the plot doesn't really hang together. It kind of just, <laughs> it's one of those ones where it just kind of goes on for a while and then stops. But you enjoy the ride. So, hey. There's the concept of psychic slave. Exactly. Yeah, yes. that that always freaked me out, and and because Peter does it so well. I mean, they're always like, <laughs> hypnotizing or enslaving him, and he, he he has that physical comedy down where he can do, totally make you buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get the fingernail. That was an interesting character choice. Uh, I didn't know if he was like yeah. a drug dealer on the side or like what that was all about. But yeah, that one's creepy. That's that one's definitely creepy, especially because there was no laugh track. And mm. I, I feel like the ones without a laugh track, it, a lot of the jokes do kind of fall hard, if, you know, like when you're watching. And then it, then there is that creepiness because you can let it in on your own. <sighs> and uh, I don't know. The laugh track for me seems to really help, though. You know, that's why I like the first season ones. I think I'm a little yeah. more, you know, as opposed Sweetening. to you know, Peter Tork, which Tork was just so well written. So mm-hmm. true, true. This one I like because um, it's written by Peter Meyerson, who I love dearly and actually got to meet when he was living in an assisted living home here in um, in Southern California. And he was a guy who actually partied with the monkeys. He was young enough to be a true hippie. I think because Peter Meyerson was one of the best writers on the show, they gave him a lot of good things to do. And so he gave us Captain Crocodile and The Prince and the Pauper and Monkey Mother, which isn't scary, but is really one of my favorite episodes ever. So I like the fact that it's one of his episodes and those are the ones I study the most for the book. So, yeah. Didn't he write fairy tale as well? Yes, it's so off the wall and different, and it showed that the show could be whatever it wanted to be. I mean, that's a whole other discussion, but yes, I do like <laughs> yeah. that one. Although, although as, as not as much a Mike girl back in the day, too much Mike never interested me back then. <laughs> your, <laughs> your Mickey girl prejudices are persisting into your maturity. <laughs> yes, they are. I am, I am nothing if not stubborn. Yeah, Mike is definitely the ugliest woman in drag out of the four of them. Well, yeah. It's pretty obvious who the prettiest is in drag, but uh, yeah, Mike, not a pretty woman. Oh, wow, what a great-looking chick. She's beautiful. Not a good woman. I mean, Peter only did it once, and that was in the Monkey vs. Machine episode where he was, you know, a dowdy. Oh, the mother. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think he was a dowdy woman in Dance Monkey Dance as well, but I have a theory, which has nothing to do with Halloween. Well... It sort of has to do with Halloween. The train romp to Last Train to Clarksville, where mm-hmm. they're all, you know, doing the save the person who's tied to the tracks, you know, good guy, mm-hmm. bad guy thing. Peter is wearing an orange sweatshirt in that scene. Everyone else is wearing costumes, period costumes. Yeah. And, and Peter's just wearing an orange sweatshirt. I bet you that he was supposed to be in a dress. <laughs> And Maybe. the question is, why not? I think you might be onto something there. The character who gets tied to the railroad tracks is always a woman. Yeah, always. And everyone else was wearing period costume, and Peter was just wearing an ordinary-looking sweatshirt. I, I bet that he was supposed to be in a dress and either wouldn't do it or they, he just didn't look right or something. I don't know. but Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Sorry about that departure there, but it's one of my favorite theories that can never be proven. Because <laughs> the guys don't, the guys don't remember enough of this yeah, stuff on their own. Right. That's the pity. 
Well, getting back to the monkeys blow their minds, I just have one thing, and that is that this has a really creepy romp. Eh. Mm -hmm. The song is Valerie, and there's a skeleton, and there's ugly, evil old man masks, and there's cutting people in half in the cabinet, and all (laughs) kinds of of nasty ugliness that I think definitely drives this one um, towards the Halloween certainly qualifies on my on my count okay i think it's courtney's turn oh my okay what's left um well um okay i'm gonna say monkey see monkey die because i did something that's it's so incredibly nerdy but i really feel like i'm in the right company to admit this Uh Mm -hmm. i went through and counted how many monkey scares there were this is really taking it to another level i stopped at 14 only because i got a phone call and i really was trying to pay close attention but there's either 14 or more like monkey scares (laughs) in monkey see monkey die and i even counted when they were stirred in their sleep and you know and woken up that i think that counts as a monkey scare if there's more than one monkey moving it counts Yep. <laughs> How many for hysteria? And this one has a really funny cold open with Mr. Babbitt coming in and banging on the door. Yeah. And the whole thing with the, the landlord and the lawyer coming over. I think that's pretty funny and clever because you don't see where it's going at all. Mm-hmm. You don't see it ending up that they're in this <laughs> haunted mansion on that looks like Dracula's castle, even though that's a different episode. Probably the same uh probably the same art though, isn't it? <laughs> Is it for um What's the other one where they go to the big scary house? There are actually two different castles that we see in Monkey See, Monkey Die. One of them them was also used in the I Was a Teenage Monster, and the other one was used for Monstrous Monkey Mesh. Okay, that's why I'm getting confused. Okay, yeah. Um, Yeah, I thought this was another one that's really, really funny. And the book titles for the (laughs) the guy's traveling companion that died, if you, like, really pay attention to those book titles, some of them are freaking hilarious. Yes. They are absolutely are hilarious. All of them. I mean. Dining in Greenland? Yeah. I mean, that's so funny. North Dakota factor fiction? Or is it <laughs> South Dakota factor fiction? I mean, when they were sitting around coming up with stupid book titles for this guy, <laughs> they must have been just crying laughing or they were stones. One of the two. Yeah. There had to be a lot of laughter in that room when that, when that was, you know, because usually something like that you would spitball. You know, yes. Akron, the city behind the myth, a teenager's guide to Tijuana, friend walking tours through the Sahara, no. South Dakota, fact or fiction, Beverly Hills on five shillings a day, Utica no. City of the Moon. I'm going to guess that that wasn't writers. I'm going to guess that was the prop guys having fun because we'd have to go look at the script and see if that was, I bet that wasn't something they went so far as to plan. So I think that's the prop guys having a good time. Hmm, interesting. And I don't think I have a copy of that script. Mm. Knock on it. And that would be interesting that's... script to read because that was really early on. Yeah. yeah. It was the second second one that aired and it was written by Treva Silverman, who I adore because, hey, there's mm-hmm. a girl writer on the show. Yay. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I have to see. I found out that the Writers Guild actually has D. Caruso, when he passed away, gave his scripts to the to the guild. So oh, they're hidden nice. in another location and they have to pull them out for me. And I haven't had time to go do that yet. But when I do, I will make a copy for Melanie. Thank you. Aww. See, that's monkey magic right there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. My, my point about monkey see, monkey die, as far as a Halloween episode, of course, we end up finding out that there were no monsters but mm-hmm. what there is is a psychic and madame roselle is fascinating <laughs> because she's a fraud and yet she really is psychic yeah she is able to reach ghosts or spirits <laughs> and she's terrified when it happens she's she's freaked out by it are you a friendly spirit not two times for yes four times for no Mm-hmm. It's Whoopi Goldberg in um, Ghost. Yeah. Boy, boy, they get ripped off again. <laughs> they have been, yes, I'm sure. Any other thoughts about Monkey See, Monkey Die? It's a takeoff on the, um, and then there were none. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. uh, story. And of course, I love the fact that it's their foggy season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, Roseanne, you're wow, next, right? I have, yes, I have four things left on my list. I don't know which one to go with next. Oh, no. Uh, I know it's a hard. Well, there's a couple I can't believe nobody said yet. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure if I should leave them for somebody else or well, just go for it. I'm, I'm after it. you. Mm-hmm. Although we may say, okay, are there any last minute nominations? Okay, so if something isn't nominated. All right, so I'm going to go over. I can't believe this wasn't the most obvious first one Monstrous Monkey Mash. Mm-hmm. We were waiting mm-hmm. for you. That was on my short list, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, obviously, and for me, it, many reasons, it's got all the monsters in it. So it's really a, like Abbott and Costello go to the monster movie, which is kind of funny. Um, and it's in that vein or that genre. But also, it's got some of the best social commentary, which had to be scary if people were really, really listening. So like when he yeah. looks at the werewolf and says, you know, they won't let you in Disneyland with hair like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did they get away with insulting one of the major companies in this town in the middle of their episode i have no idea well maybe they um, knew that disney would be bought or disney would buy abc and it was a different someday. network <laughs> god no it's so funny i mean really i think it's because nobody paid attention to them because they were a quote-unquote kid show right but then i actually have a sad story that goes with this episode which is weirdly halloweeny sad um it was written by neil burston who his last name will tell you was the first husband of Ellen Burstyn, the actress. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he committed suicide later in his life. Oh my oh. gosh. I didn't yeah, know he wrote, that. He wrote three monkeys episodes, Christmas show. And I was a 99 pound weakling and monstrous monkey mash. And oh. he three good oh. ones. Yeah. God, yeah. 99 pound was always one of my favorites. Uh-huh. Wow. I love that one. That's really <laughs> more a shame. great money Landis and more, you know, more good yeah. scenes. Wow. That's, that's sad. Yeah. So he was yeah. a really good writer, and they say it was kind of a Starsborn thing. As she became more famous, mm-hmm. he became more depressed because his career wasn't going up the way hers was. That's oh. mm. so, so sad in this town, but yeah, it is yeah. so sad. That is sad because it's yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, we had that famous scene where Mickey realizes that the number of monkeys are diminishing. Yes, yes, yes. And he talks about being a trio and then being a duet, and then he'll be all by himself. Here I come, walking down the street. I get the funniest looks from all the people I meet. Mickey. I am a monkey. Mickey. And that's in, you know, 51 years later, you know, it's like, oh, God, please don't let that come true. No, 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 no. Yeah. That is a great bit. And all the bits when they figure out they can't take the makeup off. And, oh, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. We are through. We're leaving. You're wrong, my friend, to think this is fantasy. This is reality. And you are not in charge here. I am. I love the mummy. Oh, sorry. When the mummy comes out and they're like, ugh, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> that still makes me laugh. Yep. Now, one of the things that's weird about this episode is that this is the episode that gave us the Save the Texas Prairie Chicken outtake. But mm-hmm. the Save the Texas Prairie Chicken outtake was actually taped on to, glued on to the end of Monkeys on the Wheel. And that was aired first. Yeah, so no one had any idea what the heck they were in those costumes for. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a funny outtake no matter how they're dressed. But the, the audience must have been baffled. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the ones that I actually have an active memory of watching and I think I, I did see that for the first time before I saw you know the, the outtake before I saw the episode because I think Nick was airing them in pretty much chronological order and I just it was like okay that's just another bit of monkey's weirdness I can go with this you know <laughs> of course my first episode was fairy tale so after that it's like ah. it's just kinda... <laughs> that's a crazy way to start you. It, it was a crazy way, but I was hooked by the time that, you know, Mike was honoring Peter's spine. It, it was pretty much instant. So. <laughs> okay, I'm going to share my favorite nitpick from Monstrous Monkey Mash. There's Go a scene it. where Mike is taking notes because the monsters are talking about their plans, and he is writing oh, yeah. on a pad of paper his, his notes about that. And at some point, they change their story, and he asks for an eraser. But Mike was writing with a feather quill pen. Yep. So an eraser would not have been of any use to him. (laughs) What he actually needed 
was some fast-drying, opaque correction fluid. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been very funny. Oh, great. No, I'm just, I'm envisioning him doing like a product placement (laughs) moment in that episode now. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is a hellish moment in television. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay, well, it's my turn, and I am going to nominate a weird episode. It's a coffin too frequent. Oh, why is that weird? Well, it's just weird. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a strange story. It, it's, it's all taking place in the pad, mm-hmm. which for some reason... This spiritualist decided to use for his reanimating the dead, I think, maybe? Yes, Alma, tonight. Tonight you will make me rich and famous. <laughs> yes, Alma. In death, you will do for me what you have never done in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> and the and monkeys are like, We're, we want you out of our apartment. No, we'll leave. No, we'll stay. We'll help you. No, we'll stop you. No. They they just keep changing their motivation throughout the episode. And then you've got that business at the end where Mickey manages to teleport into the coffin. <laughs> where, <laughs> well, where exactly did Elmer go? <laughs> exactly. Was he ever there? I always think I imagined, and I, I know this isn't in the dialogue, but I believe I imagined that she and Elmer used to live in the pad, and that's why they Yeah, had that's to what I vaguely recall. Mm. That, that is not in the house. story, but that's, that's yeah. probably okay. good. Maybe it was just something I put in my head. Yeah, I think we were trying to connect the dots that nobody else bothered to connect. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love Ruth Buzzy as the um, elderly. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Weatherspoon, who is a rare character in that she also possesses magic abilities. We don't mm-hmm. see t- we don't see too many people outside of the monkeys who have magic abilities unless they're actually magical in their True. own right. But um, she is able to teleport from the bedroom down to the ground floor, <laughs> and also conjures up like forty cups of tea. Whenever you have a cold, you must always force fluids. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And pulls That's all right. kinds of props out of her bag, like Mary mm-hmm. Poppins. <laughs> I wonder if they incorporated some of her act, like her regular act, like into mm. character. And like, maybe that was like a bit of hers. And like, that's where that came from. Because it's pretty specific and, and that, silly. That makes yeah. some sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think she owned that character. It's the kind of thing that people would do it. Um, you know, in the Dick Van Dyke show, in the pilot, you see how he gets invited to Alan Brady's house to dance and do like mm-hmm. a little entertainment. That's really kind of, well, not everybody, but, you know, the the cool people were doing that. You'd hear about Judy Garland being at someone's party and singing. And um, I've referenced this before. I can't remember to who. Jim Backus, who, of course, was Thurston Howell on um, Gilligan's Island, he, mm. he and his wife wrote a couple books about his radio early days. And he mm. did that 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 rich, funny voice character at parties. So that when they were putting Gilligan's Island together, they were like, hey, let's get the guy who already can do that. So I think Ruth Buzzy had already invented that character and maybe did it on stage or just at people's Mm -hmm. houses. And they knew it. And that's how she got cast. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. She used to come to the old monkey conventions. I remember meeting her at the West Fest in like 87 or whatever. Oh, wow. fun. And yeah, and uh, and she'd do meet and greet and everything. It was really nice. Just I just met Sarah that one time. But I thought that was pretty cool of her. Mm -hmm. That's neat. This yeah. E- this episode was filmed 10 days after the airing of the R- Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In pilot in September wow. of 1967. Um, yeah. Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In didn't become a series until January of 68, but mm-hmm. the pilot was done as a one-hour special mm-hmm. in September. And 10 days later, she was on the set of The Monkees playing Mrs. Weatherspoon. Is there yeah. a connection? I would love to know. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Okay. We have eight episodes. I know that each one of you is looking at a list. Is there anything that we cannot bear to leave off of the list that hasn't gotten mentioned? Hmm. I have two. Somebody else go. (laughs) I have one I can guess nobody much thought of, and another one I think is obvious, but... Mm -hmm. Sarah? 
Let's see. I have one that I want to mention later as an honorable mention, which is not a episode per se, which probably gives it away. But I want to put in a vote for Frodo's Caper, actually, because uh, it's kind of got some creepy stuff. Has some of the elements we've talked before with Peter being hypnotized and stuff like that. But, you know, Glick's just kind of freaky. So (laughs) I'd be okay with that if we added that in. Yeah. We have a wizard and we also have an alien. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Niles. Niles is really scary. <laughs> Man, I'm always like this. <laughs> and let's admit the scariest part of it is it's the last monkeys episode mm-hmm. ever. Oh. Yeah, I was sort of taking that as red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Roseanne, finish us up. What's missing? You know, I maybe it's because I love Coslo Johnson because he really is the cutest little elf you could ever meet. Aww. But um Monkeys Watch Their Feet is another alien show. Yes. Right? And we're going to have, you know, the aliens. We're going to have the planet Slotnik. We're going to have Stuart Margolin, who grows up to be Angel on the Rockford Files. Um, and, and Pat Paulson, who's going to show up on Laugh-It. Mm-hmm. So we'll have that, that Ruth Buzzy laughing crossover. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's outer space. It's all that stuff. And, again, it's focused on Mickey. So how can I forget it? <laughs> I think the creepiest thing that I remember from the Monkeys Watch Their Feet is when the robot says my feet aren't on backwards yours are <laughs> but i they- didn't get it i didn't get it because i was a kid when i first yeah. saw it i just didn't get it but as an adult i still still not one of my favorites but I, I i just feel like it's funny for the first like five minutes and then it's like beating a dead horse hmm. uh yeah, for the humor. And then it kind of loses me because, again, no laugh track. It gets lost. It, You know, mm-hmm. like if you're a 13-year-old, you're kind of like, Mom, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's another one of those ones that has good moments, but the, it doesn't always hang together as a whole. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think, agree. I think the fact that Mike was absent for the meat of the episode, I mean, he does appear at right. the beginning. but. Mm-hmm. It it sort of strains credulity f- to have Peter and Davy dismantling the robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what makes me laugh is when I show some of these episodes to my college students. The thing that makes them scared is that our guys' chests are so non-ab covered. <laughs> huh? Anytime they take their shirts off, my kids giggle at how skinny they all are. Yeah. Wow. They don't look like boys are supposed to look these days. Uh, And that makes me laugh. Certainly not rock stars. Yeah, they were skinny. Mm -hmm. They were skinny. I mean, but we're like, you know, 20 years post-World War II and people aren't eating the crazy food we eat now or whatever. But the kids, it always, they always comment on the fact that they can, they look so like, like they're so poor they can't eat. You see before you three average, typical young American teenagers (laughs) with their own television series. Yeah. Now, oh. They're all wearing the same black pants and boots. <laughs> <laughs> the original skinny jeans. You you guys, the monkeys invented skinny jeans. Oh, the gray pants. Yes. That must be what it is. The yes. God bless the gray pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting, getting back to monkeys watch their feet, Pat Paulson's commentary actually has some really strong social comment in it mm-hmm. um the exactly. one that immediately comes to mind is when he says that the aliens are moving into your neighborhood mm. which is so much a comment on integration and integration of neighborhoods you know mm-hmm. they, they would say these people are moving into your neighborhood that was dead on social commentary he also yeah. made well, a, a joke about the war yeah it's it's the line about teenagers are what's wrong with them is they're busy they're the ones who are violent because they're they're fighting a war in a place they've never been that's far oh, away oh yes mm. um totally vietnam who, the war whose fault is it it's not our fault it must be those kids they're the ones who are fighting that's the exactly line. oh that's my god line. i mean I, when i saw that i was my jaw just dropped i said i can't believe they got that on the air exactly Nobody was paying attention wow <laughs> right we have a list of 10 I'm going to read them off, and then we need to narrow it down to a marathon of just five. So here they are. The Devil and Peter Torque, I Was a Teenage Monster, The Monkey's Paw, The Case of the Missing Monkey, The Monkeys Blow Their Minds, Monkey See, Monkey Die, Monstrous Monkey Mash, A Coffin Too Frequent, The Frodus Caper, and Monkeys Watch Their Feet. Now, 
is there, are there any episodes that all four of us can agree must be in this marathon? Somebody call Devil. one out and let's see if we agree. Devil and Peter Tork. Yeah. You're here. I agree. Okay. It's high quality and it certainly fits the Halloween theme. So we mm. agree on that one. It is in the list. We need five. Okay. Um, I'm going to say you, you have to have Monstrous Monkey Mash in there. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Okay. Carrying that over. And by the way, I'm an accountant by trade. I have a spreadsheet on my computer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I trusted you did. <laughs> what else? I was a teenage monster. Yeah, yeah we Frankenstein. Have there. Yeah. Because yep. no 2018 will be the 200th anniversary of the, of the book. Oh, my well, gosh. Well, then there you go. And just for the line, I live to grovel. <laughs> yeah, that makes so it. funny. Although I, I'm going to take a couple points off. Sorry, I love the episode. I especially love Richard Keel as the monster. But when they have when Groot and Doctor, what was his name, Mendoza, had the conversation about you said you would turn me into a monster. I will make uh. you a vampire. I wanted to be a wolf man. I'm sorry. That whole scene was just a waste of screen time for me. <laughs> yeah. Now on yeah. the other hand, yeah. the Doctor's beautiful daughter. Genius. Mm-hmm. And beautiful. Yes. <laughs> I'm the doctor's beautiful daughter. <laughs> Wait till you see the sequel. Wait till you see the sequel. The vampire turns Davy into a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> I always wish there was a sequel. Like, you know, you're yeah. a kid and you're like, there's a sequel? Well, cool. yeah. But he said the, the vampire turns Davy into a wolf man. I mean, that's actually fairly close to the plot of Monstrous Monkey Mash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's just Mickey that's the Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's three already. I think it's got to be a toss-up between Monkey See, Monkey Die or Coffin Too Frequent. One of those ought to be in there because they're so yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Mm. I think... Mm, I think Monkey See, Monkey Die... Well, I don't know. I mean, the the monsters were all fake in that. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, isn't that almost scarier? <laughs> <laughs> spirits were real good point yeah. good point oh and there's also the fact that mickey was making dro- knockout drops Ooh. Mm. yeah <laughs> and hooking up the phone to the radio <laughs> and without he's doing that mike is just deadpan to the camera like seriously <laughs> well, he had no tools and he didn't even unplug the radio first <laughs> <laughs> so funny i think monkey see monkey die is a stronger episode. Yeah. It's funnier. And it's you've got way all, funnier. Mm-hmm. And you do have all the dress up going on in the in the second romp. I mean they were dressing up as cowboys and Indians and skydivers and, you know, monster masks and all kinds of like like they were playing Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh it's visually a Halloween episode, definitely. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm going to pull Monkey, uh, Monkey See, Monkey Die into the list. We have room for one more. Now, let me just Eek. point out a few things. We have two strong monster episodes. We've got the episode you know that has the devil in it, and then we have the episode that's a haunted or allegedly haunted house that turns out not to be haunted with a spiritualist in it. Right. Um, what's What's something that would give us variety or surprise or um, you know, sort of round out the list. Well, I think Case of the Mi- Missing Monkey could be a good wild card pick for kind of all the reasons we mentioned earlier. It's a different kind of scary episode, but it's still a scary episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to like emphasize that. there are no bad, no bad choices here. These are all oh, yeah. excellent episodes. They're all monkeys episodes. What, where can you go wrong? <laughs> mm-hmm. wait, till t- wait till you see the sequel of this marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We got 10 episodes. We got two marathons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Go for it. <laughs> so Case of the Missing Monkey would give us the evil hospital. Monkeys Watch Their Feet would give us aliens. Frodo's- monkeys Paw Curse. Yep. Yeah. Frodo's Caper gives us uh, another alien plus the evil wizard and mind control. Mm. Of course, Monkeys Blow Their Minds also has mind control. Yeah, but it's a t- kind of a different vibe to it. So yeah. The last choice is the most difficult. It is. 
Oh dear. Well, let's see. Definitely, I like the mind control idea. Okay. Which would be monkeys blow their minds or Frodo's caper. Or Frodo's, right? Well, of those two, I'd be I'd lean blow their minds because I don't know. It's just I think it it. Oraculo is just so freaky, and I just enjoy the... I enjoy that episode a little bit more. So, I mean, they're both good, but... Right. I noticed, Sarah, that both of your uh, nominations were Monty Landis episodes. <laughs> I'm, a Mo- I'm a Monty Landis girl. I mean, I really... I, I mean, I just don't think everything he's in, monkeys or no, so... Did he ever play a good guy? He was always the villain, yeah, wasn't the he? Yeah, the king. He was the king no, in Everywhere well, Shake I mean, Shake. Yeah. Um, as- oh, that's right. That was the only time he was, like, kind of decent. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's typecasting. Actually, he yeah. got to, he got to pick his roles. He said yeah. in, he said in an interview on the old um, Monkeys Radio Show that they would give him the script and let him pick which role he wanted to play. Yeah, and that is an interesting interview, folks. I'm I'm going to see if I can find it and repost it because you should hear it if you haven't. So, so we're still okay. stuck with number five. Yeah, I think Frodo's caper is way creepier because it, well, for someone yeah. to reach you through your television set. Now you're on to something. I can go Frodo's caper. It's the scary. whole city, the whole city is taken yeah. down by it. Right. <laughs> and that'll release the incredible power of the Frodo's. And with the aid of my villainous henchmen, <laughs> I can control the minds of millions. Okay, I I, I will weigh in on Frodo's caper. That works for me. Yeah, yeah, the Frodus yeah. was what's happening with the Kardashians. That yeah. is what the Frodus is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's reality TV taking over our televisions. Yes. <laughs> and it's the final episode. So yeah. that makes it the scariest of all. There you okay. go. Okay. So we've got five episodes. I'm going to read them off, and then we just need to twiddle around the order. We've got The Devil and Peter Torque, Monstrous Monkey Mash, I Was a Teenage Monster, Monkey See, Monkey Die, and The Frodus Caper. And the only thing I would say is we need to separate the two monster episodes. One of the monster episodes should start it since it's Halloween. Yeah. Okay. And I think we should end with Devil and Peter Torque because you got to keep everybody watching to the end. Yep. And that's the mm-hmm. most serious one. Yep. Okay. So which one of the two monster episodes do we start with? Monkey Mash because it has the most of them in costumes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm all right with that. So, do we bring Monkey See, Monkey Die, which is an early episode, right after Monstrous Monkey Mash, which is way near the end of the second season? Yeah. I would go laugh track, non-laugh track. (laughs) (laughs) Just to break it up. Just to break it up. Okay. I mean, because, you know, I mean, obviously this list is for people who are going to, you know, are fans. But let's say they're not, and it's their first time ever watching the monkeys, you know? Like, how do we get them to stick around? <laughs> okay. So I, I put the Frodo's caper in the middle there to um, separate the two mm-hmm. first season episodes. Mm. So how does this sound? A monstrous Monkey Mash, Monkey See, Monkey Die, the Frodo's caper, I Was a Teenage Monster, and the Devil and Peter Torque. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. I'd, I'd order a pizza. I'd watch that with a pizza. Okay. Absolutely. And then what would we do afterwards, Sarah? We would... Turn down the lights, <laughs> take a deep breath, and uh, and throw head in the DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I don't know that I'd... I mean, there are scary moments in there, definitely. The, you know, cop stream and all those jump scares and stuff. But it's just the whole vibe of the thing is very creepy. You know, it, it's not designed to be a scary movie, but it really is, so... Okay, each one of you name a creepy moment from Head, even though you weren't prepared to talk about Head. Sarah, since you knew oh, this was coming, God. Sarah, name your favorite creepy moment from Head. Well, I, I think I'd have to go with the opening because I came into this thing 12 years old. I'd never seen it before. I'd heard rumors about something about Mickey jumping off a bridge, but I totally discounted that because that couldn't be in an episode of The Monkees. And, <laughs> and, Watching the opening and porpoise song, you just have to see 12 year old me. I'm at like a slumber party. Everybody else is leaving the room because they're like, this is weird. And I'm just sitting there jaw agape, utterly freaked out and yet utterly pulled in. But and I think I spent the next 90 minutes like that. So yeah, that's that's my scary moment because what an opening. Roseanne? My guys with guns in their hands. Yeah. Mm. 
not a visual that I associated outside of the couple of episodes where they did have a shootout, but not not something that made me happy to see connected to them. Courtney? Huh, that's interesting. I don't know. What creeped me out in head? I mean, obviously the jumping off the bridge is probably the most jarring part. Yeah. Especially but when Sarah you're like, stole that. She did. She I stole know. the thunder. I don't know. I'd say either that or doesn't Mickey get shot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There so you Mickey go. just gets killed twice in head, <laughs> which is nobody's a fan of that. But you know what creeped me out as a kid was the girl making out with all of them. <laughs> I was like, what kind of woman does something like that? Oh, you guys are just like, going totally counterintuitive here. I'm like, well, I thought she was going to murder them. I thought like yeah. some, I thought she was going to like rob them or like something bad was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, it just well, didn't seem like correct. For me, I, I, I have two. And since I'm finishing up here, I'm going to go ahead and name both of them. The, name them both. the tour of the factory where, Mm. Davy keeps noticing weird things happening, like the guy drinking um, dirty water yeah. and somebody's <laughs> head falling off, I think, you know, <laughs> yep. that and also the very end when they're trapped in a tank of water and being shipped off to a warehouse. The idea of being trapped underwater, you know, banging to get out. Ooh. Yeah. 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 That's scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody once suggested an alternate ending to head, which is when they're swimming underwater all four of them under their own power swimming. Mm-hmm. You just close your eyes and listen to the end of the song. Yep. Because at that moment mm-hmm. they're free. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, how it ends, you know, with Victor mature, just sitting casually on the back of the truck while they're being shipped away. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. Head, head is a great way to end your monkey's Halloween marathon, and we have mm-hmm. achieved our goal. I will deliver this list to the Podfather. And in closing, let's just make sure we know where folks can find you. Uh, Courtney, why don't you go first? Um, you can find me on Facebook at Courtney Cronin Dold or in the Pop, a pop Culture Podcast group. I'm also on Twitter at Court Crow. Not quite as active there because I'm over 40. Um, <laughs> but I'm really happy to finally be on Zilch because this is what brought my friendship with Ken. This is how we connected. So mm-hmm. um, it's really fun talking to other people who like know all the weird shit I'm talking about. So it's very fun. Thank you. Sarah, where can, we keep, can people find you? I'm Sarah from Zilch. You can find me on Zilch on the Facebook page and um I do have a blog, a blog that I post to occasionally called Fandom Lenses, uh, mostly just, you know, concert reviews and random stuff. But Zilch is my main spot. Is there going to be a concert review of the St. Louis concert? Well, I'm, I'm doing something a little different with that one. I'm going to have to talk to the other folks who are at the show. So uh, hopefully I'll have something up soon. Okay. I hope so, too. And uh, Roseanne. You can find me on my blog, which is RoseanneWelch.com, R-O-S-A-N-N-E, Welch.com, or the book, Why the Monkeys Matter, has a Facebook page, and I try to post things there that aren't repeats of what you'll find at Zilch, things that are mostly about the show and stuff I found in my research, so. Cool. Yeah, you should totally follow her page. It's excellent stuff. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm always learning new things. And what's that book called again? Why the Monkeys Matter, Teenagers, Television, and American Pop Culture. You all should read it. Twelve walking tours through Beverly Hills. (laughs) (laughs) You should do that with your books uh, to the authors. You should do that. And I'm Melanie Mitchell. You can find me hanging out in the Zilch Facebook group and also a Facebook group for the book Monkey Magic. Yes. Also another book you should buy. Buy that book. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Buy my book. Buy my book. All right. Thank you, ladies. We've had a lovely hour talking, and I'm going to say good night. Good night, night, Melanie. Good night, Gracie. Good night. Well, that was a spooky panel for sure. All those humans sitting around talking about monkeys. Very scary stuff. You know, all the little ghouls and goblins will be running around getting a bunch of candies. Make sure you give out the good stuff. Otherwise, you'll be teepeed and your house will look like the mummy. (laughs) Well, let's go out swinging. Are you ready? Yes. It's time to play the monster mash. 
Everybody be good. You will see the normal humans of Zilch on the next episode. Until then, trick or treat. Woo! <laughs> My monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It got on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match. Wow. From my laboratory in the castle east wow. to the master bedroom where the vampires feast, wow. the ghouls all came from their humble. To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster mash The zombies were having fun In a The party had just begun In a The guests included and his son. The scene was rocking, all were digging the sounds. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the match. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It caught on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Out from his coffin, Rex's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax's a part of the band And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land For you, the living, this mash was meant to When you get to my door, tell them what is said Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash The Monster Mash And do my graveyard smash Then you can mash You'll catch on in a flash Then you can mash Then you can Monster Mash and that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.